Hi, and welcome to the FVCC Nature Journal, the podcast for everybody who loves nature. I'm John Fraley, longtime college instructor here in wildlife conservation and introductory ecology for the past 35 years and then 40 years with fish, wildlife, and parks. So I love nature. I love wildlife. I've been immersed in it all my adult life. And in the Nature Journal, we'll be focusing on the critters and quirks of nature found on the campus, the wide surrounding flathead basin, including the Bob Marshall Wilderness and Glacier National Park. Sometimes we'll expand beyond that. And we aim to keep this show lively and fun. Together, we hope to learn lots of fun facts about the fascinating flora and fauna that we are so lucky to live with in our world. Our producer is Colin Burkhart, a student employee here at the FVCC Library. And thanks to Susan Matter, Library Director, for offering the library as our podcast home. Today, we will again visit with the famous fish detective, Sam Beret, a fisheries biologist with FWP. You never know when you'll see him and which disguise he'll be wearing. But he's here now, and, and the producer and I are looking at each other because we didn't even see him come in. All of a sudden, he was in the chair. I don't know how he does that. I don't know how he does that. But thanks for coming on, Sam. No problem, John. Thanks for having me again. It's quite and, the honor. And today, we're going to delve into the hidden world of fish crime investigation. And I'm serious. There are fish crimes that you've been dealing with. And as fish detective, I know you'll like to keep a low, sneaky profile. So we appreciate you showing up and exposing yourself to the public here, not literally. And in this show, you and I will explore the case of the missing appearance and then reappearance of walleye in nearby Swan Lake and the search using new scientific methods for the perpetrators who illegally put them there. You know, the last thing we want is people putting illegal fish in a lake. Tell us about, first of all, why it's bad to put walleye in Swan Lake. Well, it's bad to put any new fish in a lake because lakes have unique ecosystems and every lake is pretty much unique. So by putting a top end predator in like a walleye, it's going to have impacts on other fish species, either native or ones that are important for recreational fishing. Okay. And actually tell us a little bit about how walleye were discovered in Swan Lake. It's been not very long since they were discovered there. No. So in 2016, through some routine gill netting activities that we do to, to monitor fish populations, two walleye were pulled out of the gill nets to the chagrin of local fish biologists. I hadn't even started as a biologist then, but within a couple months, I came on and they were looking to understand some things about those walleye, including if they were born in Swan Lake or they were illegally introduced. And then I also thought if they were illegally introduced, it would be possible to understand where they were from through the bone in the fish's head called an otolith. And that gets us an idea of maybe who put them in there. At least we can start tracing it back to the original lake, correct? Exactly. That would be important information for law enforcement to try to understand where those fish came from. So the legislature thought it was so important that they have deemed these illegal introductions as illegal. Why, why is it so important that it would be illegal? Well, so illegal fish introductions, or what's popularly known as bucket biology, is illegal because it causes substantial changes to the environment, including to native species and biodiversity. So you, um, um, really in your, in your work in Idaho, you looked at, um, at different inner ear bones, and so you were very familiar with this, uh, this method. And so tell us how, to, what you, how you use the isotopes in those inner ear bones to figure out where these walleye came from. So the inner ear bo bone, or the otolith, grows like a tree ring in the fish's head. So if you cut that otolith in half, you expose the growth rings that have unique geochemicals that correspond to where the fish is at, those, at that time that the fish is growing. So by looking at 
the growth rings closer to the core or when the fish was born, I would be able to tell if that fish was born in Swan Lake and also if there was a change going from the core to the edge of the otolith, the change would correspond to when the illegal fish was introduced to the lake. And I remember looking at those charts that you had and you could see right away this massive change in the way that the otolith bone was being laid down. You could even tell about when it was introduced, right? Yeah, so and the change we're talking about is in the strontium 87-86 isotopic ratio. And we use that ratio because that is a key driver in the geochemical profile of lakes throughout the world. How do you how do you make that work? How does it work? Do you have to saw the otolith and section it? How do you do it? Yeah, so we, we section the otolith and grind it down to so we can finally see it under a compound light microscope, those those growth bands. And then we use geological analysis equipment, including an isotopic inductively coupled mass spectrometer typically used to age um, rocks in, for geologic mm -hmm. analysis. So you've combined this geologic method into looking and peering into those inner ear bones. And, those, and out there, if you've ever seen an otolith, they're maybe the size of a pencil eraser or so, and they look like, uh, they just look like a little flat bone. And if you section them or uh, sand them down, you can get all kinds of things like ages. I've used them for aging fish. But this is a, a new technique where you're using to actually look at the uh, growth of the fish and their origin. So you looked at a bunch of different potential lakes where they might have come from. So now you have the, you have the pattern for the Swan Lake walleye. So you're trying to figure out if they were either born there or moved there. And you're going to compare that, that chemistry to all a bunch of other lakes. Which, which lakes and how did it work? Right. So once we were able to determine that they indeed were not born in Swan Lake and that they were illegally introduced, we sought out to determine where they were introduced from. And because Montana doesn't have that many walleye populations, in fact, walleye are not native to Montana, I asked biologists from around the state that work for FWP to sample three walleye otoliths from lakes in their region. And those lakes included Knoxon Reservoir, Lake Francis, Tiber, Fresno, Fort Peck Reservoir, Holter, Lake Helena, Canyon Ferry, Nelson, Cooney, Bighorn, and Tongue River Reservoir. And those are the most fished, measured in angler days, lakes for walleye in the state, and most really the most places where walleye are found in the state. By taking three walleye otoliths from each one of those lakes, I was able to determine that each one of those lakes has that unique geochemical profile in its strontium 8786 isotope and match that lake profile with those from the walleye that were caught in Swan Lake. Okay, so essentially, you, lay, you take a fingerprint of the fish in all these other lakes and see if it matches the fingerprint in Swan Lake to determine where it may have come from. And, and what were your findings? What did you find? What we found was that the, the fingerprint from Lake Helena matched perfectly with the fingerprint on the core region of the Olas from Swan Lake. So indeed, those fish were moved, were caught in Lake Helena and moved to Swan Lake as an illegal fish introduction, both those fish at the same time. And that graph showed that the real change occurred when they were moved into a different water. And, it, and the, the graph just started looking very different 
And that was in, wasn't it June or can you even tell that was it? Like yeah. So we could, we could tell by the, where that change occurred on the oath compared to the growth bands. And we could see that they hadn't been into, in Swan Lake for very long, likely introduced in June of 2016 and caught at the beginning of October, 2016. So only in Swan Lake for a few months. This is amazing, all these things you found out just looking at the inner ear bones. All you folks that are thinking about introducing fish illegally, you better be careful out there because the fish detective is on it, <laughs> and it, it works. So we, so we now we've traced it to where they came from, and then you, you look at things such as uh, anyone saw any suspicious activity. Uh, at least you get it down to where they came from, and it gives you a little better chance of maybe finding the perpetrator, right? Yeah, exactly. That would be the goal, and that's in the hands of the law enforcement now. But by understanding where they're introduced from, we could retroactively look at things like fishing license sales or boat registrations or highway cameras. There's there's a lot of cameras out there, whether we know it or not. And um, hopefully in the future, we can figure out who illegally introduced those fish. So if you're out there, the whoever put the walleye in Swan Lake, you better start worrying because there's no place to hide. And there is a, a $30,000 reward Ooh. out for information leading to the arrest of those people that did that. And that was put up there not only through the state of Montana uh, Titmont hotline, but also by other local conservation groups, including TU Montana and Walleyes Unlimited Montana. And how do you prevent future illegal introductions? I mean, some of the things we're talking about here are a good way of doing it, but... Yeah, that's a great question, John. And one thing that we've pursued recently is more public outreach and education on illegal fish introductions and why they're bad. And what that's come to recently is some new signs that show, that talk about why illegal fish introductions are bad, show, you know, somebody dumping those fish in with a bucket, and also our Tipmont hotline that can call, that any person that sees an illegal fish introduction can call and um, report that illegal fish introduction. When's the, what's the most recent, recent introductions? You were telling about Cisco and Yellowstone Lake? Yeah, so Cisco were recently discovered in Yellowstone Lake, and I was able to get a peek at those data, and those were actually born in Yellowstone Lake. So not only were Cisco illegally introduced recently in Yellowstone Lake, but they seem like they have a reproducing population there. Well, thanks again, Sam, for coming on. We know you're very busy, and uh, good luck in your investigations. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. It's a great honor to be here. And remember, if anyone out there is thinking about moving fish around, the fish detective will be on your trail and to bring you to justice. That's all the time we have today for this segment of Nature Journal. Thanks for joining us. Please watch the library page, FVCC website, and Facebook page for more shows as they are posted. Also, feel free to post questions or ideas. I'm John Fraley, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.